part two of episode three of the Doncast from Quality, uh, Quality Piles. Uh, if you guys remember from last week, uh, we asked you to do a little bit of homework about Four Seasons Landscaping. And if you anyone had a chance to call their local landscaping company and see what their rate was to host a political event at their facility. Um, Dawn. Well, you know, uh, oh, Rick, I could tell you, I called my local landscaper. I'm now the proud owner of uh, 32 square feet of limestone. (laughs) What are you going to build with that? Oh, just you wait. Just you wait. Is it crushed? Like, what are we talking about? Uh, No, wait. I got the whole stove. I got the whole thing. The whole stove. (laughs) It's a quality pile. Oh, it's a quality pile, right? It's a nice stone. I, you know, I wasn't one. I wasn't in the market, but when I was done talking to them, I was in the market. Ah, uh, see, that's how you know it's a good place. All right, we'll switch over to uh, Bev's screen here. I think get our, uh, our website's going and everything. I'm sure we got some searching to do here, boys. Yeah, bye, everybody. I get uh, got the internet fired up here. Let me uh, jump on here. Yeah, I mean, the internet's really just a series of tubes, right? So. Oh, kind of. <laughs> oh, thank you, porn. Yeah, for the internet we have today. <laughs> now um i don't know how we're gonna find this because I, it's probably been purged off of google already um you could try DuckDuckGo. that uh, search engine tends to be a bit well, a lot better a little more based yeah based like a turkey <laughs> so i'm searching for the four seasons four seasons um no 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 what are we doing four seasons landscaping act blue Act blue. Oh. oh, so so I guess for the listeners here, so the Trump campaign a few weeks ago, they had a uh, press conference at Four Seasons Total Landscaping, which uh, so initially they had released a a statement saying it would be at the Four Seasons season. So everyone assumes the the hotel, but they quickly corrected that, uh, or actually I think it was last minute they corrected that and said it was at Four Seasons Landscaping, which was a uh industrial location uh on the other side of philadelphia or sorry um it was philadelphia wasn't it and then uh so it was on the opposite side and in uh, a very kind of a sketchy area there's like an adult bookstore which was interesting i'd never see adult bookstores anymore nope. so that's that's a bit odd but you know i mean maybe maybe it's a, a level of class that we just aren't familiar with yet but any, anyway <laughs> so they had this um this conference and it was a bit odd. Rudy Giuliani was up there with his typical antics, you know, sweating all over the place. Um, but everyone was wondering, like, why the hell would he have it at a landscape? And that's the reason why we had that challenge. So when you call your local landscaper and tell them you want to hold a political rally, they think it's a prank call. So why would they have done that? It just doesn't make any sense. Why would you have done done that? And, so anyway, and, maybe. And Don, like if. Yeah, and Don, like if you want to pick up a, a little bit on that, like you were talking about uh, in the previous episode about little tidbits and little like goose eggs that the uh, Trump administration and campaign were 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 leaving for potential voter fraud. And so, that's what led us down this hole. Keep in mind that one of the biggest, I guess, one of the biggest scams Trump has ever pulled on the American people is convincing everyone that he's an idiot. And I think that it's it's worked very well, but it's it just goes yeah. back to basically the art of war. And um, you want your enemy to think you're weak when you're strong. Now, if you were to go and look, if you were to go and look this up, there's always a convenient fact check somewhere 
trying to debunk pretty much anything right now if you were to dig deeper into it their rationale for the debunking is usually very very thin um but it's just enough for the average person to say ah see that's fake news because of this right mm-hmm. now um i have a uh link here i'm just gonna post that right there this right here is the four seasons landscaping uh money uh donations so if you take a look sorry donations to what donations so basically there are a lot of very strict laws when it comes to putting money into a political campaign um and it just so happens that all these different donations have come from four seasons landscaping to biden for president and act blue Mm -hmm. Right. And those people, those must be alive people, right? Those are real oh, right. alive people. I those names. I assume they're alive, alive somewhere, <laughs> or at one time. <laughs> um, but anyway, so now this doesn't prove much, right? Like this is just a dot. This is just a, a screenshot of money going in there. However, um, I'm trying to find a lot of it has been purged. It's very difficult to find stuff if you don't save every damn thing, like. A, yeah, but like, what are, what what am I looking at here? Like, I, I just don't understand. What so essentially, I'm... the the theory again. You have to understand that this is all just conjecture. This is all just theory, rumor, conspiracy stuff that doesn't. Well, really this is happen. legit. This is on the yeah. Uh, so FEC. I just yeah, it's on the FEC. So web. I just jumped over to the live one. Yeah. So just yeah. as a bit of background, anytime in the U.S. somebody contributes to a political uh, group, whether it's a campaign. Or it could be one of these like super PACs that's that's uh, well, actually not a super PAC, but one of these groups that's linked directly to a political campaign. It's reported. Okay. Um, so that's that's basically what this website pulls. And this is so similarly just... just on the other side of things. This is when they were trying to uh, create a database of Trump supporters that could be uh, uh, re-educated after the ed- the uh, campaign. This is basically what they were using as a as a foundation to develop those names. Mm-hmm. Just a quick note around Act Blue as well. Um, Act Blue is actually where your money goes when you donate to BlackLivesMatter.com as well, which is something that was, was proven uh, a few months ago. If you go to BlackLivesMatter.com and then click Donate, it actually redirects you to a URL for Act Blue. And you want to uh, go is... even deeper on that? You want to your your favorite uh, your favorite conspiracy target, George Soros? Kind of everything ties back to him. Um, particularly Act Blue, Black Lives Matter, and stuff like that. But the problem is, is that George Soros has become such a meme when it comes to this type of stuff that the minute you mention him, you kind of lose credibility in any argument, um, which is why it's probably, <laughs> I mean, he's probably a part of all this stuff, but at this point, it's just not even worth going down that one. Yeah, but, um, but, I'm, but I'm looking at this and like 30 people from Total Landscaping, like I'm sure Total Landscaping, like how many employees Total Landscaping has? Like I'm assuming a landscaping company has a bunch of, like lower, I hate using the word like lower class, but like lower class laborers working there. And of course they're going to be donating. Yeah. So, well, this is the thing. It, it's, it's, well, first off, we should clarify that part. Democrats are no longer the party of the working people. That's for certain, right? They used to be. There's no way anymore. They are the party of the city folk. They are the party of the coastal elites. They're the party. Well, no, of- like they, they are the party of the uh, the party of the the poor people. And the fact that it's not poor people voting poor for them, people. but poor I mean, it, it, but it's it's the the idea of universal income, things like higher yeah. minimum wage, things like that. And those are for the people. Um, is that not? Well, it depends on how you want to look at it, but that that's a whole different topic because Ooh. going into Going into um, 
heavy social programs. Now, I don't have a problem with the boogeyman socialism that people like to say, like in certain aspects. I also I don't have a problem with capitalism either. I think that most countries should have a healthy dose of both, right? You shouldn't have just a blanket <laughs> capitalism everything or socialism everything. You should have different uh, industries and different sectors that are based on, you know, depending on what it is, healthcare. I I believe again probably because I'm Canadian and this is just how I grew up in a socialized medical system. Yes. Right? If it's not possible because of the logistics in your country, I don't know with the US, there's so many different reasons why they don't want it. Um, I won't go into that because that's one thing that I disagree with a lot of conservatives on in the US is, is healthcare. But that being said, I don't believe in socialism across the board. I don't believe that it, everybody should be heavily reliant on the government for pretty much everything unless they are absolutely incapable of taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. right and not because of laziness not because of and, and you know what though but you can take a step back like a lot of the issues a lot of the reasons why a lot of people can't get jobs for one reason or another is because the party that they support that's bringing in these government social programs also happens to be the party that's outsourcing their jobs to the cheapest labor right now it's not just whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, no, that ex explain that explain that work like because political parties don't do that do they uh, like how do they do that well, no, okay. The party itself, if, I, I don't know if you if you thought I was being literal, but I mean like the actual party puts forth legislation and policy that allows for a lot more open and free immigration, which happens to bring in, I guess, a lot more people that are willing to work these lower tier jobs at a lower price, essentially. Okay. So you have a lot of people, and not only that, but outsourcing to China, outsourcing to India, outsourcing to different places. And I shouldn't say that just the Democrats do that, because I can tell you the Republicans are more than happy to do that, too. Mm -hmm. The average, I guess you could say that Trump supporters will, the Republican Party is basically over because of Trump. The Republican Party is done if they don't ever move towards a populist. So they have well, to develop a third so, party. So here's my thought, and like this will be my first throwing it out there wild statement eric trump 2024 we're <laughs> going to see this like he was on the campaign trail like no one's business hosting rallies just like his dad was Do you mean oh trump jr trump jr oh no not this guy what the who the fuck is that guy that's that's the uh that's the other trump no i want the i want the like the weird dad that has a 20 yeah that dude he's definitely banging some 20 year olds or some shit like that dude is going to be out there 2024 hammering and like that look at that that guy right there has his eye on the prize and like his dad like trump senior is setting him up to be that like there's no way this guy is leading campaign rallies with like tens of thousands well, he's of trumpier people. than trump it says right there bud the internet wouldn't lie <laughs> That's insane. Like, I mean, like this guy is a hundred percent going to be on the camp. Like, look, his wife's got huge tits. Like, I mean, this is the most American thing you've ever seen in your life. All he's missing is like, this is America right there. Like he, he did fuck up a little bit and put on, I'm assuming that's blue tie. Like I'm colorblind here, but I mean, like, it's definitely not a red one should be wearing red, but he's got his smoking wife. It can't conflict with his wife's dress, you know. Yeah, well, whatever, you know. But, I mean, that <laughs> and, dude. And take the eye off the wife, man. Yeah, but that dude right there is going to be running for president. Like, I can't believe his name's Trump Jr. Like, that's crazy. That's well, wild. See, I don't know if this whole Trump movement. I don't think Trump matters anymore in the Trump movement. I mean, it, yeah, he needs to get in to continue his, continue strengthening it, emboldening it, and putting the stop to the whole democrat machine and the whole like 
globalist machine, I guess if you want to call it that. The yeah. idea that that the nation state is an archaic um, an archaic remnant of an old way of life. That if that's your point of view, then you'd be considered globalist and you'd be, I mean, I, again, I'm not saying globalism is evil per se. I'm not saying that nationalism is evil per se. Now, of course, there are wings of each that you could say that about well like the like okay, so here's one little tidbit of my feeling towards it like look at world war ii for example u.s came in as the big hero and that's how we see it in all the movies and they really did come in and save like uh europe's ass against the nazis and fascism and whatever but i mean the reason why they waited three years or whatever to join the thing is because they were so independent compared to everyone else because they only cared about themselves. They're like, oh, you guys want to go fight a war about whatever? I don't give a shit about you guys. America wasn't a world leader back then. You have to understand that. That World War II was the turning point for the U.S. 100%. Like it went from Britain to the U.S. And they yeah. did that so strategically. Like Woodrow oh, Wilson. Smart. Yeah. Bravo the funny thing though is that those policies that, and like that put into effect before that, like to let the U.S. become the superpower that they are today, based on that. And the fact that and this is where one thing that I don't really like about Trump, I, I don't, I don't understand enough about politics to see his thing. Like the fact that the U.S. was the world police, like we've all seen those movies and things like that. Like the U.S. was the world's police, and the fact that Trump's like, I'm pulling out of Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever the hell he just pulled out uh, Afghanistan. Uh, I'm pulling out of Afghanistan and we don't want the U S to be the world police. You do want the U S to be the world police, unless you want someone else to be the world police. And who is number two is going to be China is going to be the world police. Yep. Like it's just, it. so that that's a better thing. Like it's so the boogeyman is switching from Russia to China. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, What's the game plan here? And so please, Don, like, fill us in. Like, I, I just don't, I don't get it. So, I mean, basically what it comes down to, Trump's ideology and Trump's philosophy is that you cannot, so individual countries cannot do well if they're concerned about how other countries are doing, essentially. And if you go back a little while ago, uh, well, before Trump, um, the average, so America was almost pretty much the world's piggy bank. It was being pilfered globally, right, um, at the expense of the American workers. So the middle class was dwindling and disappearing, and, and the wealth gap was becoming huge. This is the thing that a lot of people don't understand about Trump supporters and people that would classify themselves as populist, is that they have a lot more in common with people like Bernie Sanders than they do about Joe Biden. Of course. Uh, and it's because it just so happens to be that they're aligned on the fiscal side of things and they're um, not so aligned on the social side of things. And that's fine. I mean, but the thing, the problem is, is if you go back to, I think, 2000, was it 2011, 2012 with Occupy Wall Street? Yeah. If you go and you do a Google Trends search um, for words and how frequently they were used, um, I, I'm trying to remember the, the terminology that you can search to find this, but basically what happened was there was a massive shift and it was done intentionally, probably started by the media, of course, from talking about wage gaps, um, banks, the rich, the 1%, you know, all that stuff to focusing on um, each other. So it became a lot more racial. Um, it became, I think the, the term was white supremacist or white nationalist or something. You can look it up. They started throwing this around a lot more frequently. And I'm not, I'm not denying those people exist. Obviously they exist. What I'm saying is that 
how convenient that everybody just so happened to be distracted, turn against each other, and stop focusing on the people that had their boots on their neck, you know? So you you had a big shift back then that allowed this wage wealth gap, sorry, this wealth gap to, to widen, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, the middle class disappears. And so just to just to stop you right there, like I was listening to some old speeches from Margaret Thatcher, like like she's the conservative in the British world, and like she's like one of the classic conservatives like out there. Like, yeah. is it like is it really worse if the gap between the two is a lot smaller, but everyone's poorer? Or is it better that the richer, richer, and the poorer are also richer as I well? Heard that exact but the same gap is it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like so, we we both saw that speech them. and everything. So Google pumped that to us for whatever reason. Get the crowns on Netflix. It's all. Yeah, but like I, I just wanted. I I just don't know the facts behind it. Like, are we actually poorer than we were? 20 years ago like i i just don't know like i know that's how you look at wealth right because if you look at wealth from a uh an income perspective or do you look at uh from like an asset perspective right because if you look at from an asset perspective everybody's richer because every value of your property is worth more value your business is worth more your stock is worth more but when you look at something like income not so much I, i look at it as a buying power perspective so basically the amount of time it takes me to work to buy X is at the same as it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. And obviously the answer is no, you have, you are, you have to have a two household income. You cannot live without it. Right. Unless you are making such a large amount of money, at which point these problems aren't your problem anymore. But, but Um, like, is that caused by like these policy shifts or is that caused by the fact that, I don't know, 50 years ago, you didn't have, two people working you had one person in the household and one person there and it's resource scarcity and the fact that right now there isn't there is a bigger resource scarcity because now you have people with two incomes that can outbid people with one income and now everyone's forced to have two income or three income or four income like every one of us has multiple jobs like i'm I'm sure you did what you did yeah what you did well not you what, what what happened was um the the supply of workers doubled the minute that after world war ii after um, women entered the workforce on a very large scale so mm-hmm. when supply increases and demand doesn't go up obviously you know markets what happens right mm-hmm. so um of course there's a lot of other moving parts that's very re- reductive it's very simple but um there's a lot of other moving parts i couldn't narrow down every single thing for you i'm not saying it's bad well we're not economists you know what i mean I'm not, saying, I'm not obviously that's not bad at all what i'm saying is that it's just the world's different and the problem is is that um a lot of a lot of policy decisions just so happened to benefit those in the upper class as opposed to the lower during, during what administration or what time frame it's hard to, to pinpoint it it's more been like a gradual thing over a period of time probably back from like maybe 2000, maybe late nineties. I mean, even if, if you think I'd even that, say earlier than that, I think once you get into the Reagan area, uh, the Reagan era of uh, trickle down economics, and when he started opening up the uh, regulation, uh, especially on the corporate side, that's, I think that's when you started to see that, that, that widening. 
And so now you have like a compound uh, effect though. So you now have more people in the workforce. Um, you have uh, a, a, a loosening of corporate um, protections. Uh, you also on the banking side, when you look at banking in particular, you now see uh, uh, commercial retail and investment banks all converging. So all of a sudden those, pro those protections that had existed before uh, especially on depositor capital, that was all eroded. So basically, all I think all these factors together really kind of led to that increase in wealth and really uh, created an environment where you could have, you know, someone like a Jeff Bezos or a, you know, Bill Gates or whatever who's like a multi-billionaire. Can you can you do me a quick uh, little thing here, Bev? Can you so uh, can you pull up your calculator on the screen here so everyone can see uh, what we're looking at? Um, and what I want you to do, like. Uh, like, let's say like making a good daily income, uh, like let's say five, if you made $5,000 a day, that's a very good uh, daily income. Now, how long would it take making $5,000 a day to make a million dollars, to be a millionaire? So like if we could just quickly oh, okay. do that math there. So like, yeah, million oh, yeah. exactly. You know, just do that quick math. How many days would it take to become a millionaire? That's uh, not right. So it's it's 200 days. Like, that's what it is. So half a year, a little less than a little more than half a year to become a millionaire. Now, now do that same calculation. And how many days does that take to become a single billionaire? Like, just do that. Five thousand dollars a day. You make five thousand dollars a day to become a billionaire. How long does that take? Okay. Now divide that by 365, so everyone can see how many years that is. 547 years of making $5,000 a day. Like, I don't think people appreciate how much money. Our brain can handle that type of um, exactly. visualization. And, and we're sitting there and we are living in an era where people have hundreds of billions of dollars. Like that, this is an insane amount of wealth that's being People who didn't even have it a few years ago. Like if you look at, say, someone like Bezos, in 2014 or 15 like he no, no. was like, here here's a better list. one like it's... elon musk like our, our oh, favorite yeah. dude like our visionary in this past year how much money like it, it's not real money like it's all based on stock valuation that is completely separated from reality you have to understand that if he was to go so the point of clarification when it comes to something like this is you need yes. to make sure that that yeah. you understand these people aren't sitting with billions of dollars in the bank account no oh yeah it's all if they were to go and, and liquidate what they had, to make <laughs> money, they would lose half of it overnight. Uh, more right? than half, like more uh, than half. It would it would just absolutely demolish. I don't think legally they can. I think that every time they try and sell a certain amount of shares, it has to be um, planned out. They yeah. do, yeah. Anyone who's a director or owns over ten percent of a company needs to report when they sell uh, shares. Well, not just report when they do it, but they need to they need to inform that they're going to be doing it eventually at a certain point. Like it needs to be. Understood. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they have to the tell the SEC that. you're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and not only that, but just think of the market. Like if he was to, I don't know how many shares Jeff Bezos has in Amazon, but if he was to sell half of his, okay. So when he, when he got divorced, yeah. did his wife take half of that money in, in equity or was it, did she ask for cash? Like, do you know? 
no, no, she uh, took it in equity. Sure. Like she would never. Yeah. yeah, she she couldn't take that in cash because. Well, she I don't know how the laws when it comes to divorce, but you know. Yeah, yeah well, and she that, instantly that, entered like the top ten most rich people in the world. <laughs> Just professional divorce. Yeah, that's a whole different story. Uh, you want to know a professional divorcee? Look at uh, oh, what's that singer who lost a bunch of weight there? Whose husband? Uh, oh, just, Adele. Oh, yeah. It goes both ways, man. <laughs> like, that's insane. 2020, like, he, baby. Like, he became like uh, he was worth 100 million bucks now for being married to someone else. Like, yeah. that's insane. Like, this is an insane time we live in. Like, and I know, like, uh, us. Uh, as uh, being on the cast, like we didn't live through this situation where the courts and everything through divorces were in favor for women more than men. And now to see that flip side where some men are like that dude, good on him. He didn't, he doesn't deserve 150 million or a hundred million bucks. Like he, he isn't out there singing every day. He, yes, he may be the subject of some of her songs, but I mean, that doesn't mean you get, hundred million bucks like but i mean that's the system we live in that's the system that was created like it's a wild wild place like the fact that, oh, well you're God. right and, and it makes you wonder okay so the system that we're in right now the question is so this election that's happening currently and people think it's over but it's not where are we going so to, in january are we going back to the obama years or are we going to be continuing on trump years and and that question you have to ask yourself is which do you prefer i know a lot of people prefer the obama years i certainly don't i i really like what what trump's idea was uh, his ideas and, and what do you what do you mean by that like uh very uh protectionism or, or what, what are you talking about like well, basically, I mean, look at how the United States people, I mean, people can deny it all they want, but the United States, um, the average person, the average worker, middle class was doing relatively better than they were before. I'm not going to say it was a massive difference, but it was on the right track. Um, it also was a lot of um, basically reduction of government control of people's lives, which is, I think, a good thing. Um, no, you don't want to take it out of everything, but it was a good thing. And then, of course, it was pushing back against China, which is That's right huge. now China is the the China is an existential threat, man. Like I don't think people realize just what their goals are. Their goals aren't simply the American West type of power. That's not what they want. Look at their country; they want that globally, right? They want what they have, the control they have in their country, but they want it around the world. China yeah, they want what U.S. has. Like I mean, no, and, and the Okay, so yeah, but you have to understand something that Western control is done very differently than Chinese. No, no, no. like it, it's done the same way. It's just China make isn't making it a secret. Like I mean, the well, World Bank and IMF was set up to control third world places with debts that they can never physically pay back. Right? Listen, and not, China's not, doing the exact same thing right now, but they're not secretive about it. They're like, yeah, we're doing this, and we will take control of whatever you got if you can't pay your bills. I'm not Do talking you want about this. Yeah. What? I'm not. I'm not just talking. I'm not talking about finances. I'm not talking about economies in the sense of, of the mean? control that they want. Look, okay, so look at it this way: um, cancel culture, the idea that if you say the wrong thing, you can get fired. The idea that um, if you do not conform to specific elements of speech, right, you get censored. If that is right now, we've seen it ramp up just before the election. That is China. Look at the now. You could debate if this was good or not. I mean, it was, it was effective. I won't deny that. But COVID, they look at how they locked people were barred into their homes, right? Mm -hmm. 
yeah, they're happy about it. Well, they're happy about it because they have to be happy about it. Right. But no, but I mean, like who benefits from people being locked in their homes? Like companies don't benefit because no one's spending cash. No one has money to spend. Like who's really benefiting from people staying home? Like, China I don't is a capitalist. Well, China, okay. China's well, not benefiting because China's factory shut down. So all your workers are shut down. So your companies aren't getting money from the rest of the world because China looks at things on a very long term time scale, unlike we do. Um, China looks at things on a, on a much longer term scale, short term pain for long term gain. Now, they shut down, they stopped it, and their economy bounced back massively. Right? And you have to remember, just to quickly pause you there, Don, with Chinese companies that they aren't um, they aren't run the same way as a Western company is, where uh, a Chinese company is effectively backed by the CCP. So well, if you know yeah. if they have to, so if they have to shut down for two three months, it's not really a big deal. Well, a they don't give a shit about the workers, so they just you know send them off, say good luck, bud. Um, but but <laughs> in terms of just general in, in general expenses and keep the company like the CCP will just pay for it. They don't care. Oh, so okay. it's but in the U.S., company goes down, like they fail, bankrupt, or, oh, well. or somebody else buys them. Natural I, order of things, but we no but no no. Happens. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you right there. Like I I don't know if you guys read the news or not, but how many trillions of dollars of stimulus did the U.S. just give? So okay. businesses didn't just fail. Like they got help there too. Yeah. yeah, but also what's that stimulus look like into like at the bottom line? And, that, and that's that's one of the issues for a lot of the businesses. Like if you're if you're like a Walmart or if you're one of these big corporations, okay, it's fantastic for you because it's the same. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Same idea where government came up, bought your corporate, uh, your 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 corporate debt in the form of uh, of those uh, you know equity securities. But if you're uh, any other business, like okay, maybe you got a uh, got a, a, a shitty loan in the U.S., or maybe you got like a little grant or some little baby thing, but it, it wasn't enough to really really float you. And, or you or on the other side of that, if you're just like a regular person, you got a twelve hundred dollar check, and yeah. you know most Americans are just going to spend it at Walmart anyway, so that's effectively <laughs> you know that's no, just going in their pocket. Well, the, the the question I have to ask is in, in before COVID. Would you have ever expected in a million years to see people welcome with open arms mass government bailouts to the point of, of where it was almost like what they would do in China? Right? Uh, yes, I, I would because the – well, you have to remember too the average person doesn't understand what they're listening to. I, 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 I really do believe the average person doesn't understand – that there's a limit to how much money the government, well, in theory, the government can produce as much money as they want, but there really is a limit to what can be put out in the market and how you can impact money supply. Yeah. Well, like, uh, can you pull up, uh, so we're Canadians here uh, and everything like that. Can you pull up uh, Canadians' uh, debt over the COVID crisis? Uh, and then just just take that and then take divide by- better government debt. Uh, no, uh, government debt, because Canada has famously, like per per capita, had the most expensive COVID response plan in any G7 nation. Like yeah, I, we I, spent the most amount of money. Wait, six trillion or something? One point three? No. Uh, uh, actually, well, no, depends where you look, because some of them will say here it is. Um, So I think this is your actual the the debt situation because um, a deficit is a budget it's a it's a yeah. uh, fiscal measure. Yep. I think we're at 1.2 trillion in so total. So 1.2 1.2 trillion. Take that divided by 40 million. That's how much every man, woman, and child 
or his, hers, or whatever you want to call them. Every person, living person in Canada, owes to pay off this debt. And if you just put it in there and put it in yeah, it's perspective. Like, it's like 36000 per person, basically, per, 36, per head. And that's not just taxpayers, that's per head. Per head. Like, so that's mm. that's your nine-year-old. Newborn baby, born with that. Exactly. You're it's born. like, up, bud. Yeah, exactly. And that money is worth less and less every single day. Like, that is insane amount of Fucking money. Fucking baby slacking. Insane <laughs> amount of money that's spent on this response plan. Like, uh, yeah, so uh, go to Walmart and spend it all. I'm telling you right now, there is people just going into retail stores and spending for that full $2,000 a pop every month and uh, definitely not saving any for taxes either, boys. It's going to be a shit show in April. Oh, my God. And the fact that the Canadian government is also spending that much money hiring auditors to collect on the serve fraud, like, good, f- good for it. Actually going to? Yes, 100%. 100%. They've already started. Yeah. And so, like, I know none of us have taken any serve benefits. Uh, but, like, and, and, like, I know people who qualify for serve benefits who refuse to take serve benefits on, like, a principal's sake, like, I am not there to live off government handouts. Like, it's just not there. But there are tons of people, like, whatever, a million people that are still on serve that are collecting these benefits that are going to owe this money back. But the problem is, like, how are you going to collect it? Like, what what's going to be the repercussion? Like, you send them to jail, and so taxpayers pay more money for 90 days worth of government fraud? Like, of course, they're going to just go sit in jail for 90 days because, realistically, you've been collecting two grand a month since March, you don't if you're a lower income person yeah, you don't true. make that much money so yeah okay, you can't, yeah it's not like you can find them because uh you know it's a whole bud this twenty five hundred dollar fine it's oh i gotta wait for my serb to come in to pay it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so what are you gonna do you're gonna spend more money sending them to jail like no like there's there's literally no repercussions for this because so in the, january january 20th the week of january the 25th um the Annual World Economic Forum meeting will be happening mm-hmm. um, in Davos, right? They do it every year. This so is basically where the the world base world determines how how they're going to handle economies, right? They they are the most influential powerful influential powerful people in the world. They gather at at this. Um, it just so happens to be five days after the United States president gets sworn in. It just so happens to be after a massive rigging attempt to get Trump out. It just so happens to be that that's going to be Biden, who's practically a walking corpse. Well, let me play devil's advocate here. When do they host this every year? Is it not right at uh, okay. the same date? But that being, well, actually, <laughs> it changed. It was rescheduled. Let me see. I just want to know. I just want to know. My point isn't so much the date. My point is just so <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same day. It's the same day. Like it was. Exactly. It's the same date every year, okay? So it just so happens to be right after. No, it's the same it's date not. every year. Same day every year. <laughs> Listen, I'm making sense of the <laughs> But I have a reason for doing that. <clears throat> they came out and they, I, I think I sent this to you. They they came out and um, right out on, on Twitter or YouTube or whatever, their whole great reset. Now, I know that, um, yep. that again, that's been like... It is real. The question is, is is it as bad as everybody thinks it is? I mean, the one video they had was, if it wasn't meant to be bad, 
they certainly need to fire their marketing team because it scared the shit out of a lot of people. But it didn't scare, like, I don't know. Like I sat there and I watched that video for whatever it was, just over an hour. And they were talking a lot about, um, like, and I hate using these terms because they're so outdated, like first world versus third world uh, countries. But they were talking about bringing like the end to disease in these third world countries, but it's the global north and south that we use now, whatever. In the global south countries, ending disease in those countries so that disease doesn't spread to the global north. And, and that's exactly what could happen in COVID. Like, it, realistically, China, China. And is, yeah, is a China. poor country, like, per, per capita. Like, they're, they're, they have one point, yes, they have a huge GDP and everything like that, but they also have 1.3 billion people versus the U.S. at 400 million or whatever, 300 and some odd million. Like, their GDP, like, fighting, but you have an extra billion people, like, your people are poor as shit compared to everyone else, like per per capita. And so they're can, like technically like a, a third world country. And that's where things like these, like these diseases and everything breed. And so the whole idea behind the video that you sent me and I watched was to limit the amount of squalor that you see in these air quotes, third world countries that produce these viruses that affect everyone as a whole. That was the whole point of it. And that is what I took out of it. Now, I know you took something completely different than I took out of it. But I mean, did you watch that whole thing? Because like that was the biggest part that I took out of it. And like I, I see every all these articles like and I am not an expert in any way. But that was the main point that I took out of that one. Like we're trying to eliminate extreme poverty and like malaria or in this case, like we're talking about a, a flu, COVID-19, a flu that's going around and killing our elderly. Like that is what it's doing out there, killing our weak and elderly. Like we want to eliminate that in the future. So if you can raise everyone out of that extreme poverty and have them in living conditions where you're not forced to eat food out of like a fucking dumpster or whatever, then you're not going to have these crazy diseases that are crossing in between species that are spreading to humans. And that's what the World Economic Forum was trying to get across, like trying to get across the idea of the gig economy offering healthcare in India and things like that. That is the craziest thing in the world. Like, how are you going to support a billion people in India to get universal healthcare? Like, it's I, I, I couldn't imagine that. But I mean, that's the that's the topics that they're trying to take on. But. That's what I took from that hour and a half video that you took. Oh but I mean, clearly God. this dude is taking something completely different that they're going to take our liberties. They're going to take our rights. Uh, I have no idea. But This guy I mean, looks like a weirdo. That's a president-elect you're talking about, bud. You better be uh, more respectful. President-elect is what? I think he's just mocking the fact that anyone can just announce a president-elect. <laughs> that's real. Oh, is uh, that what this guy... Oh, I missed that. This guy... Uh, this guy has the, oh yeah, a bunch of all the Breitbart guys are doing that. Forget yeah, you know, Raheem's doing awful. that too. I like him. He was oh, he took it off, to yeah. be a minister in the United uh, the United Kingdom government, eh? That first tweet, I love that. <laughs> this guy, like, yeah, Raheem's a good. I George like Soros aided Nazis. Pass it on. But like the only reason we give a shit yeah, about. I mean, the only reason we give a shit about COVID right now is because it's affecting us. Like we didn't give a shit about MERS, like that happened in 2015 because it affected 
They affected the Middle East and it affected South Korea. Us here in Canada and the US, we didn't give a shit about it. <laughs> Good, so, 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 so tweet there, bud. <laughs> The reason why COVID is being, I mean, obviously COVID is real. Obviously COVID is an, a serious issue for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, COVID is also a very convenient um, vehicle to get what you want done if you're a politician. Oh, it yeah. Is, it like is. Gun, gun control and Trudeau and using that bass shooting oh, man. Uh, in Nova Scotia. Like, clearly that guy didn't get those guns legally. So why are you yeah. banning all these weapons? Like that is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Like everyone knows Canada is very milk toast. We don't really ever freaking stand up to anything. And the problem is, is that so many, I, I'm sorry, but I know that there's a lot of people who are probably, probably think the same way we do, but they just, they can't say anything. And that's a, across the whole country. This is why you have someone like Trump who kind of shakes things up. Canada tends to follow suit like five years later, you know. But, but no, I, I think that Canada, Canada versus U.S. is like we are very societal based and like we are very like you want to go with society where the U.S. is the most individualistic yeah. country out there. Like besides like maybe they like do the Singapore opposite of what they're told like just because it's what they're being told to do. Actually, it's, it's for freedom. Yeah. freedom like, this is like my that. freedom like and, and here it's it's you everyone has their own beliefs but no one really says their beliefs out there because you don't want to be you don't want to be an elizabeth may and you don't want to be a maxim bernier like those are the two extremes of canada you got the green party like the old lady over there and then you got the cpp the the trump of canada out, out in quebec doing his thing Maybe we need a little bit more vocal people, though, because nothing changes. Canada just kind of goes along for Trudeau's little crazy ride. Even when you have the conservative in, though, it's like that there really isn't much change oh, between the two. They're one it's, party. It's, the same it's thing. always center. It's center right or center left. I mean, whoever's in control is who's ever yeah, dri driving that but i mean like that's the thing like that's what but is that not what you want like you want someone to be a centralist party because in theory your country you want what's best for your country and if your country is 40 million people like canada you're never going to all agree on the same thing but you no, want to be that. you want to be the most out of everybody so if the center is the most between everybody then that's what you want to win like let's say the green party miraculously won the house that would be horrible and let's say the cpp or whatever it's going to be next election round wins everything that's going to be horrible as well you need someone in the center to control like to control everything because they have a little bit of the right a little bit of left a little bit of the center who doesn't give a shit like that you have everybody all in it everyone's interests all together like, i think our, our current system our current centrists are god-awful at handling the economy though like whether it's conservative or liberal well liberal is not very centrist like if you're going to talk about it, like, who's be. an actual cent yeah they definitely used to be and uh they're not anymore like if anything like the conservative party is more centralist than the liberal party which is insane because they never used to be like look at the wildflower thing from 20 years ago like that huge push like that was so far right wing and now the conservatives are the most centralist party but then and, they go and elect someone like aaron o'toole like it, it, it all just doesn't make any sense like if you were to go back to um, Obama and his first his first term, yeah. he would be probably a modern day Republican. 
or at least he would be too far right for the for the current Democratic Party, right? Like things have changed. It's called the Overton window, and it shifted. But very did they quickly. actually change? Like that's the yes. biggest thing. Like we're talking we're talking about like how the media how couldn't it change? Your, were, warps your perceptive. But like I don't I really don't think as many people give a shit as oh i get what you're saying so what you're saying is that people haven't changed but what we're being told has changed exactly. so we're being told to accept something yeah i could i could see that i think that um i think that there's a certain type of person who just kind of is, is well i guess i shouldn't say a certain type of person i should say that people tend to be afraid so they like to go with the flow and if anything kind of shakes that up it's too uncomfortable, so they reject it. And remember, and, too, there's two shifts that happen, right? There's a uh, the when you look at like a, a centrist and a liberal conservative, there's a shift on the economic side, and then there's a shift on the social side. So we for sure seen across the board a shift on the social side, maybe not so much on the fiscal economic side right now. So I, I mean, inevitably, I think that 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 shift is going to happen and it always happens right i think uh, like if you look at society you know even say go back 100 years 70 years 50 years there's always that shift more liberal like like what that 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 spectrum looks like changes right why but i think like right now there's such a push there's such a wide push on the social side of things that it's kind of construing what that that general centrist position looks like Who's running a fax machine right now? That's where old tractor printer in the background. That's probably my sump pump, bud. The old <laughs> um, sump pump just hammering out down downstairs there. Well, before we get uh, too off topic here, uh, is let's uh, let's wrap this up for this week. Like conspiracy, like we were gonna, but yeah, no, let's 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 have the dawn back on for part three of uh, the dawn cast, uh, part of quality piles, but. Uh, any closing remarks here? Anything else that uh, our listeners can do a little research on for next time, whenever that may be? Like, okay, I'll just say one what? thing. Yes. I'll just say one thing. Stop getting your news from the mainstream media and social media. Do some digging. Do look, some digging. Dude, look into that guy in the dumpster. Just do some digging, boys. Digging it. And you, you want to be dumpster diving for your news. Come on. <laughs> All right. On that note, everyone, like, thanks you for joining us on uh, Quality Piles. I appreciate that. Uh, near the end there, it got turned into a little bit more piles uh, than Quality Piles, but I mean, nevertheless. Yeah, piles, piles, a pile. A pile, a pile, a pile. Uh, on that note, thank you for joining us uh, on this very special episode with our special guest, The Dawn, as part of our miniseries, The Dawn Cast. Yeah, I might uh, just stick around. Oh, we hope you do. We hope you do, Don. Uh, right. On that note, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.